Hello and welcome to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. This is episode three. I'm your host, Amit Malik, joined by Matt McHugh, making his second appearance. And today we are actually both graced by the presence of the Daily Northwestern's <laughs> Joe Wilkinson. Uh, Joe is covering uh, the Northwestern baseball team this year on the beat for the Daily. Uh, happy to have you you here with us, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy to be here. You know, first time on a WNUR podcast. Should be some good stuff. Excited to talk about the quality squad we got. Thank, thanks a lot. And Matt, you know, as always, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, happy to be back. It was a good time last week. Uh, thanks to all of those who listened to that one. And we'll have another interview with Spencer Allen coming up. You can listen to that one after this podcast. Yeah, so at the end of this, uh, we'll have our interview with Spencer. But until then, we're going to talk a little ourselves about the baseball team. And we had we have four games to recap for you. A home series against Indiana, the, the Big Ten opening series. And also a midweek game against Chicago State. So we're going to start with this series against Indiana. The results did not go the way the Wildcats wanted. Uh, three games up, three losses. But some promising signs offensively. Let, let's talk about that. Let's start. We're going to go game by game. So first game of this series, uh, Northwestern loses 13-9 to in a really powerful offensive game for both both teams. What happened? This was a back and forth game the whole way. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. I was on the call with this one with the great Sam Brief for WNUR Sports, and wow, that was that was certainly a, an interesting game through and through. It started out with Tommy Bordignon, who started out and actually looked really, really good back in that starting role. That was something that I was really encouraged by because he was in that starting role to start the year, struggled, moved to the bullpen, had some success there, and now Spencer Allen wants him back in that Friday night spot. Got off to a good start, then hit a couple bumps in the road, but then the offense really picked things up, and looking for one name to point to, it's got to be Joe Hoshite, right? Five hits on the afternoon in five at-bats. A very impressive day for Joe. Ultimately, though, just didn't quite swing the right way. Another tough loss against a very good Indiana team. Yeah, and at one point, Northwestern had an 8-3 to lead, and this is uh, in the third inning, and then, you know, fourth inning, it's 8-4. to A little bit of a lull after that, but... If you're the Wildcats, you have to be feeling good game one of this series, four or five innings in against a talented opponent. You're up eight to four. You know, mentally that's strong, but then what happens in, you know, the the back end of this game? At the back end of this game, well, Northwestern, we've talked about some of their bullpen issues this year, just not having guys set in those roles. I already mentioned Tommy, who has moved back into the rotation. When that happens, then you end up, putting other guys in a spot that they're not really used to being in in the bullpen. And for this one, honestly, it was just like a couple tough breaks here and there that kind of put Northwestern over the edge, like an infield single, then one squeaks through, and the next thing you know, they've got a, a couple runs in in the inning. And I think the offense did almost anything they could in this game to keep them in it. 14 hits as a team. They scored nine times. You can't ask the offense to do a lot more. Um, but just, I think the biggest thing for Northwestern going forward is getting guys set in their bullpen roles. We saw that today. It's against that game against in the game against Chicago State. Just seven innings from your starter, set up man, closer, bam, get out of there, no runs allowed. I feel like having guys who know when they're going to come in at least roughly, and not just kind of in an emergency appearance or coming on in the middle of an inning for someone else. I feel like that's going to be a lot better going forward. I totally agree with you on that. That the 
consistency from the bullpen has really been an issue all year, and you never know when you're going to get Danny Katz or Nick Colley or J.R. Reimer. It just seems like people are coming in willy-nilly, and I understand that Spence is probably just trying to find something somewhere, like maybe someone will stand out or hopefully someone will do something special, but it's just been tough to see this year that it happens over and over. Yeah, and for Indiana, the guy the guy for them was, was Lloyd. Um, he had three home runs in this game. You know, we didn't talk about the Indiana offense too much, but it's worth noting Northwestern faced a really talented offensive team, and this guy, Matt Lloyd, just launched it. Three home runs in one game is absurd. And not only three home runs in the game, he added another one in the second half of the game, game, which we'll get to soon, but (laughs) it's incredible. And, you know, Matt, you were there. The wind was blown out of the park really, you know, just really windy on this day. And, you know, talking with some some players at the game that it almost felt like any, you know, long fly ball was going to carry out, especially out to left field. And, you know, pitching-wise, like, what adjustments do you have to make you know, learning from a guy like facing Lloyd, we saw against the Central Michigan series, they faced that guy, uh, Gipping, who, you know, they really wanted to, to focus on. Coming into the series, you know, I'm sure everyone at Northwestern would tell you, we got to stop Lloyd. It doesn't happen, but how, how do you approach a guy like that when you know it's just one bat you really can't afford to? Well, to what? let To let you know, beat you. Lloyd is one of those, uh, another one of those young Indiana bats. You never know which one will come and get you in a series. I, I was looking at Logan Sowers coming into this, who also had a big home run. Uh, he'd been struggling to start the season, but was on top 100 college draft uh, prospects coming into this year, so certainly a name to know. And he, yeah, he added some power of himself, but to your original question, Amit, the, bo- the wind blowing like it was, it was like a 70-degree day for this game. You don't see that in Evanston a lot. That was really rare, and I don't think these Northwestern pitchers were used to that. Uh, normally, they're a good pitch-to-contact kind of group, and when you can induce a weak pop-up or just a shallow, lazy fly ball to the outfield, that's great, but and these balls just carry a bit more. It works for them a lot. You know, that's how they get past a lot of teams. We, we saw that today. But like you said, when your plan is to get contact up in the air and it's really windy and warm, it's not going to go so well. Uh, Northwestern... They were up 8-3. to three. Indiana tied it up at 8-8. Eight, eight. But Northwestern took the lead again. Some good fight back. Took 9-8. But then, as you said, uh, Logan Sowers, you know, player to watch for the future and for Indiana, hit a home run, made it 9-8, and then the Hoosiers never looked back. Won 13-9. Um, you know, tough pitching performance of the Wildcats. Moving on to the second game of this series, Northwestern, you know, a real close one loses six to five. What was your first impression of this one, Matt? I know you were also there. Yeah, this one I was also following along the whole way. Hank Christie on the mound to start for Northwestern, one of the more promising young members of that starting rotation, the Wildcats this year. And Hank, it's been an up and down year for Hank on the mound. You kind of could see that in this game too. He had a rough first inning, four runs in for the Hoosiers, three on one big swing of the bat. But then after that, he really settled down, got back to that Hank Christie we saw a little bit. Like that one we saw in Santa Clara when he went for a complete game and ended up being the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. And you kind of could see that. You could see that more from Hank, but they obviously didn't want to overwork him too much. But I think the big name to mention out of the pitching staff for Northwestern was Matt Gannon, the big lefty. And comes Third. in for four and a third innings, allows one hit, one run, strikes out a pair of guys. 
It's a great, great appearance from Matt, and it's another guy that kind of moved around, started yeah. a bit, now in relief. Spence was talking about, this is exactly what you mentioned, slotting guys into bullpen roles. And you know Matt, at this point in his career, is probably better suited out of the bullpen. And when he, he knows he can come in out of the bullpen, not have to start in the game, get the feel of how things are going, it just fits him a little better. And coming in, throwing four innings, giving up one run is a pretty solid outing from the freshman. That's what you want to see. Um, Northwestern, five runs. Again, Joe Hoshite was the guy on offense. Two hits, three RBIs. Um, that They all came on that, uh, uh, a huge homer to left. This game, you know, close games are really hard when you're a young team trying to build. What happened in this one, specifically in it being a close game, that was that made it hard, and what do you what do you try to do to improve in a close game? Well, I think I saw some... Uh, it was something that we haven't really seen before, which is when Northwestern goes down, there's not usually that fight back where, like, it becomes close and entertaining again. Like, they go down 6-3, and you're like, oh, man, it's probably going to be 8-3 pretty soon. So this was kind of a welcome relief to see that fight back in the ninth inning, even though it wasn't quite there all the way in the end. It was just something new and entertaining about this team, which was really neat. It's something that, like, you got to think about what would have happened with in this situation with last year's team when they go into that top of the first inning, you're feeling kind of good, you played a fun game one, and you give up four runs in the top of the first. Part of me thinks the second half of the year for last year's team, they would have just said, it would have been kind of like that Cal series. It would have been like, all right, this isn't our day out there, and we're just going to move on look ahead to the next series. We didn't see that from this team at all today in, in uh, this weekend series. They battled in every single game, and I think, yeah, it hurts to lose a one-run game, and they lost three of them last year to this Indiana team, so... It's just it's it hurts when you lose when you're that close, but it's also a little bit encouraging in that you know you're just one play away or one break here or there away from winning against a very solid team. Yeah, so you you nailed it on the head, Matt. Um, Indiana takes a six three lead in the top of the ninth. At bottom of the ninth, Northwestern plates two runs on some timely hitting, um, just some good contact hitting and. Then it, it kind of fizzled out, and it's really hard, you know. You get so far, the rally goes for a few outs, and then you're kind of you kind of run out of time. And you know, it's impressive that they're not giving up in the ninth inning. But you know, one thing that I think mentally is that maybe sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning, any any one of these is a time to, to strike and try to piece together some hitting. And the thing, the reason why I say this is because when we talk about this third game, they had all their their huge comeback. In the ninth inning, a huge rally. It was ten to nine, and what? It was ten to four at the start of the ninth, and they scored five runs. Hugely impressive, but like it, it's it smells a little of desperation. That's a good thing in baseball when you're desperate and you string together some great hits. But it's just nicer if you you don't have to leave it so late and try to, to even it up earlier. Give yourself some playing time. And we knew coming in that the Indiana bullpen was very talented. Now you know the Wildcats hit them pretty hard, but. You have to get your runs earlier in a game. I think that's one thing to take away is you don't want to be playing from behind against a talented team. Yeah, that's, we're going to move on to that Sunday game now, like you mentioned. and That ninth inning was one of the more fun innings in Northwestern baseball, although they didn't have quite enough for the comeback. It was looking like quite the story. With five runs in, they had a pretty good opportunity to take care of that game at the end there, but a couple, a couple strikeouts at the end did them in. But going back to that that game as a whole, that first inning went really well for Northwestern. They knocked South Frank out the game in the first inning, giving up three runs. But then Paulie Milto comes in relief and throws six and a third shutout innings. And 
It reminded me a bit of Brian Hobby in the game before that, where Indiana just has a pitcher who he just has Northwestern's number. They eventually got the Hobby by that eighth and ninth inning of that game, but Paulie Milto, they left him in there for just the right amount of time. Everyone else they were able to score off of. They scored off of all four Indiana pitchers that weren't Paulie Milto in this game. But Paulie Milto, six strikeouts, not a single walk. That was another thing about this Indiana pitching staff. They're not going to give you anything. They're going to make you hit the ball if you want to get on base. And Northwestern did a very good job of that, albeit just not quite enough. It was also another game from the pitching staff where you were, I mean, obviously they struggled to give up 10 runs, but it's another thing where even though Josh Davis started and gave up, uh, he gave up three, the other guys coming in, they don't know when they're coming in. So Joe Schindler comes in, gives up a run, and then you get Sam Lawrence in the middle of the fourth inning. Today he didn't come in until the eighth inning. So it's again, it's just that inconsistency when guys are coming in. Yeah, it's it's tough when you don't know, and that bullpen is something the Wildcats are still trying to sort out. Um, offensively for the Wildcats, Matt Hoffner, three hits. Alex Arrow, two hits. Connor Lynn, three hits, and. You know, I don't really think this comeback happens without a Willie Bourbon home run in the eighth that inning. That kind of started it's, it, didn't it's, it? <laughs> it's weird to think about, but, you know, this lead gets up to 10-3, and in the eighth, before any of the dramatic stuff happens in the ninth, Willie Bourbon just, you know, takes a solo shot, and that seems really insignificant at the time. I'm sure it's like one of those things, Willie hits it, and he comes back in the dugout, and everyone's like, alright, props to you, Willie. Have a seat. We'll see you after the game. Like, good yeah. job. But... Hey, that whole rally doesn't happen if, if Willie Bourbon doesn't do that. And, you know, every so often he's a lefty bat in the lineup. He just pops up when you need it. He's got to build some more consistency. But these are the signs of why, you know, he's he's playing at first base every day. He's everyday guy. And this is what I was talking about earlier is that it didn't come in the ninth. He, he popped one out in the eighth. That's a, that's a good sign for the Wildcats. And on that note with Willie, I was talking about this on the broadcast for that game, but he was hitting the ball so hard in his first couple at-bats. I felt so bad for him because he's lining out the left, he's lining out, he's hitting all over the field. And I'm like, all right, this guy is hitting the ball so well, he's clearly seeing the ball well today. Let's see if he can get one to go. And then they brought in a left-handed pitcher to face him in the eighth inning. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be tough for Willie. This is working at that platoon disadvantage. It's going to be really hard to see it out of his hand. And... Then he cranks one over the right field wall. So I'm like, all right, things do work out sometimes. That was great to see for Willie. And, uh, and yeah, I think you're right. I think that definitely sparked that rally in the ninth. One other name I want to mention from this game before we move on, Danny Katz. And if you look at the stat line for Danny Katz, it looks kind of disappointing, right? You pitch two innings, four hits, three runs. That doesn't tell the story at all of what Danny Katz did in this game. He comes in in relief, and he strikes out, I think it was the first four batters he sees. He's absolutely dealing at the bullpen. Then a couple balls just squeak through the infield, a little dink single to right, a little infield single, I think, or maybe just squirted through the infield, and then one swing of the bat, a three-run homer, ended up being the difference in this game. Sometimes that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it, it's really tough, and the way the Northwestern pitchers are, you know, Danny Katz got four strikeouts, but it's not really a, a strikeout team. There's very few guys in, uh, in this pitching staff that are, are going to get guys out like that. And, you know, Spence preaches a lot that the pitchers have to trust their defense. And, you know, it's not their fault that the balls got through. But when you're a pitcher mentally and you see a ball squeak through an infield single, it's really hard. And what pitchers will tell you is they think that they have to do it all themselves because they don't 
you know, for whatever reason, they don't think that defense is a hundred percent there with them. And when you try to over pitch, you miss your spots. That's when things like like a home run happen. So it's it's a tough balance to do, and especially against a team like Indiana, you know, I don't know what you know. We we're not in Danny Katz's head. We can't say what happened, but the four strikeouts are impressive. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the Indiana series. Um, Big Ten play. We'll mention this one more time. Wildcats have 24 games, three down. The goal for them, Matt and I, we talked about this last week, is 12 wins. If the Wildcats get that, we think that they can make the Big Ten tournament, which is the short-term goal for Northwestern baseball. And that, you know, it's not an ideal start, but it's okay because Indiana's not a team that it's realistic to expect them to get that many games off of. So moving on, I think it's important that they play them close and just try to build on it. You know, you're saying that a lot, but... Two one-run games against Indiana is something you could hang your hat on, I, I think. Yeah, I would agree as well. There's There have been some rough results for the team so far this year, and playing Indiana close is an encouraging step going forward. Not every team's going to have Logan Sowers and Matt Lloyd waiting in their lineup against you. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about today's game. We're recording this Wednesday night. Um, Wildcats played Chicago State. Uh, Wednesday, midweeker, started at 3.30, pretty cold day in Evanston. And uh, maybe that was good for the Wildcats pitching staff because Cooper Weatherby threw an absolute gem. The Wildcats won 2-0. Joe, I know you were at this game covering it. Why don't you why don't you take us through what happened? How are the Wildcats able to pull away with this one? Well, really, no one was creating a whole lot of offense on their own. So uh, Wildcats, of course, only two runs. But Cooper was really the difference. I mean, he didn't strike a whole lot of guys out, but... He had the he had the command that you really need. Only allowed two walks. Just allowed some lazy fly balls, a couple ground balls here. Um, you know he was he was doing that thing where you trust the defense, and the defense was behind him today. And maybe you pitched a contact a little more against Chicago State. It's a little more successful than it is against Indiana. Chicago State not that great or anything, but it was still nice to see him go out there, go seven strong, then wrap it up easy bullpen win. So yeah, seven innings, no runs. It's pretty much all you can ask for from your starting pitcher. It doesn't get better than that. And, you know, I know you and I both spoke to – well, I didn't. You spoke to Cooper after the game, and he did stress that, you know, having a defense behind him that he can trust was really helpful, and it goes both ways. When you can trust your defense, you know you don't have to play out of your, your you know, out of your comfort zone. Just get weak contact. And on a cold day in Evanston, you yeah. know, it's a pretty good strategy. What, he had one strikeout. It was a lot of lazy fly balls, like you said. Yeah. I have to look at it, but it seemed like Hoshite and Matt Hoffner were just getting fly out after fly out after fly out, and it's a pretty good day for the Wildcats. And then coming in the bullpen, Sam Lawrence and Nick Colley, Matt. You know how great is it for them to to you know have a set role and clean up a, a game? Right, like we talked about earlier, having a better role is is so much cleaner. And there's something about coming into an inning, a clean inning, when it's like, all right. I'm coming into the eighth inning. This is mine. I don't have anybody on base. There's nothing to worry about here. I'm going to get out of it. And for a pair of freshmen who have been pretty successful in a lot of work in a lot of different situations this year, that's great to see. And back to one more point about Cooper Weatherby. And I think what you hinted on, Joe, he knew knew his opponent going into today's game with Chicago State because Cooper Weatherby, a pretty good strikeout pitcher before today's game. You look back at his previous ten and two-thirds innings on the season – 11 strikeouts, including five in his last start against UIC, a much more dynamic offense than Chicago State. So 
He can get the strikeout if he wants to, but he knew he didn't have to today. He knew he could take advantage of the weather, take advantage of the opponent, induce that weak contact, and throw seven, seven scoreless innings. So, great job. Yeah, and, you know, a scary moment in the game. He actually got mm-hmm. hit in the head on a line drive, Was and it, it ended up being a single out to left center, but... He was fine. Yeah, he, it was impressive. He just stood up and it's like, all right, he, yeah, what of it? I didn't even, when I was watching, I didn't even think it hit him in the head because of how quickly he got up and brushed it off. I thought it hit, like, yeah. his shoulder or he something. Was just, he did the old like, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. Get back out there. <laughs> we did that well. Next, yeah. uh, three innings pretty easily. So, I mean, it was, I mean, when you're pitching that well, I guess, yeah, you're right. You just want to stay out there and just keep going. But that was, that was, like, just, like, an odd moment. Yeah. One of the weirder moments this season in a, in a season full of them. Um, offensively for the Wildcats, two runs scored against Chicago State. Not much doing. Connor Lind had two hits. The game-winning RBI, which was actually a walk <laughs> in yeah. that first inning. That first inning where they, they, they loaded the bases on. An infield single from... Uh, Matt Hoffner. From Matt Hoffner. Um... And two more walks. Two more walks. It was just a weird arrow. Hoshite walked. Bases are loaded for Connerland. He gets a walk. That's an RBI. Wildcats take the lead. Second inning, um, Charlie Maxwell gets on base, and he's on second, and he steals third. And, you know, the throw from the catcher was way over the third baseman's Not head. Not a good throw. Not a good throw. And Charlie Maxwell scores pretty easily with that ball out in left field. Yeah. That's an unearned run. No real hitting there. Um, not a pretty performance from the Wildcats, but when you need wins, it'll it, it'll do. And you know you have to give some credit to the coaching staff because <clears throat> I'll tell you, Charlie Maxwell wasn't thinking about stealing third on his own. <laughs> um, you know, some good scouting there, maybe to know that the third baseman wasn't a great fielder, the catcher had an errant arm and capitalizing on that to get yourself a two-run cushion and then riding it out the whole way. Another thing that Cooper Weatherby mentioned is that when you have an early lead, it's so much easier to pitch when you just got a little bit of a buffer zone. It's really hard to pitch when you're coming in from behind. And I think as one thing you allude to, Matt, that is the, really the hardest thing to do is when you come in and there's already runners on base. It's the hardest thing to take over in a game. Absolutely. And that's something that Cooper Weatherby himself had dealt with a lot this year and last year before he had moved into that midweek starting spot, which I think it's safe to say now. It suits him pretty well. I think that's kind of where he's going to be staying. A good game against UIC, five strikeouts, four scoreless innings after he really settled down, or three scoreless innings, and then seven against Chicago State. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if we saw him next week against uh, UIC, UIC, UIC again, right? on yeah. the road and, and then after that yeah, there's two midweek games next week isn't there yeah there's they have two in a row. State after oh there's that. two in a row so I th- for revenge from that football game <laughs> <laughs> that's right gotta beat those Redbirds um, pretty sure that we'll see Cooper Weatherby starting one of those two games absolutely I, I would think it's it's almost a certainty at this point given how they seem pretty set with their weekend set of set of guys and the last two starts we've seen in the midweek game from Cooper I be shocked if he's not in one of those. So, Joe, you you were there. Anything else you want to add about today's game? Or did we pretty much sum it up? I know you talked to Spencer afterwards. Anything he said that was insightful? Uh, not a whole lot different than what we've been talking about here. I mean, he's just the pitching to contact and getting getting on base enough. He said, he said they're probably going to need to do that a little bit more in this uh, upcoming series against Air Force because uh, these guys – 
can score some runs. Yeah, they certainly can. Yeah, let's let's get into it. So Northwestern <clears throat> has three games at home this weekend against Air Force, a really talented offensive team, not as great defensively in terms of pitching. Matt, I know you're looking at the stats. Joe, you are too. Let's start off <clears throat> big picture. What are the three things that Air or just what does Air Force do really well that we have to watch out for? They score a lot. They hit really, really well. Their their team batting average on the season is three thirty one, three ninety six on base percentage, and a four ninety nine slugging percentage. That's incredible in so many different facets of their offense. That I think it's going to be one of the tougher things for Northwestern to stop. I don't think they've seen an offense like this. Indiana is talented. UIC is talented. I don't think they've seen even even go back to like Arizona State as a good team. And Lipscomb is looking like they might have a nice year, but. Ooh, yeah. that's an offense. That's an offense for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at. I was looking at these guys earlier, and they've had six games where they've scored at least ten runs. Northwestern's only got one of those games, so I'm a little worried about this. But then you see that they also gave up 24 runs one time. So I think this could be similar to those uh, Indiana <laughs> games a little bit, where it was 13-9 and 10-9. Could see some high-scoring battles out here, even in the cold. Uh, one really interesting thing: they did play Portland common opponent with Northwestern twice. Uh, they beat up on the Portland Pilots, won 11-3 and 11-10. Um, one thing that was interesting to me that was mentioned by someone around the team is that they're not as great as they are on the road as they are at home. Mm-hmm. Is there something to be said for hitting in that Colorado air that just makes it easier for them? You have to think that's part of it, right? Because... Otherwise, some of these averages are just like video game numbers at the top of those lineups. 423, 422, 417 are their top three guys. But you look at this pitching staff, and none of their main starters have ERAs under six. So it seems to me like a, a you know. Sounds like a uh, as an, field. Yeah, as an MLB layman, it sounds to me like they're built like the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, I think it may be a good thing to build your team like that if you have that kind of ballpark. Just go all out with the hitters and. See, so just kind of throw something out there with the pitchers and hope that something sticks. But, I mean, you want some, some more stats on how good this team is. They are Not only are they one of the better hitting teams in the country, they are fourth in batting average in the entire country. <laughs> That's so wow. impressive. I, when we say Northwestern hasn't seen an offense like this, I really mean it. They're one of the best hitting teams that I think we'll ever see. This is the first time they're ever coming to Evanston, too. It is a military appreciation uh, weekend at Northwestern with Air Force in town, pretty timely. Another just added wrinkle to that. But talking more about this hitting, what's the game plan for the Wildcats? We know that the pitching is bad. We'll talk about that in a second. So it's going to have to be a game about hitting, but how do you limit these guys? I think it's going to be, you're going to be gaming for a shootout, and obviously Northwestern pitchers won't be going in with that mindset. They're going to go in with the mindset they always have. We're going to try to get every batter out that we can, but it's going to be about maybe even not going for strikeouts, just saying if we're going to induce contact, let's try to make it the weakest contact possible. Throw a bit of extra movement on the two-seamer, maybe not trying to get a strikeout with it, but just trying to hit a ground ball the other way. Just try to keep the ball on the ground, try to keep the ball hit as lightly as possible, as getting as many shots off the end of the bat. It's not going to be a, a game where you can just overpower these hitters. You're going to have to kind of pitch with some finesse. You're not you don't want to give them any free bases. You want to I'd say the biggest key is just forcing ground balls, 
and forcing as many weak contact hits as possible. Yeah, like you said, I think location is going to be absolutely huge. If you can keep the ball down, keep it in the park. We've seen the defense has been pretty competent so far. So I think as long as keep the ball down, might not allow 10 <clears throat> runs, should be able to beat up on the pitching staff a little bit. I think there's a solid chance. Yeah, some more fun stats for you. Uh, Bradley Haslam and Tyler Zabonjnik are both third in the country in hits per game. They average 1.8 hits per game, which is pretty absurd. That's incredible. They're basically they're the guys hitting 400, and uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, those two are really the the two stars. Also, Drew Wiss is is up there. He's 19th in the country in batting average, hitting 4.23. Those three guys are going to be the guys to watch for the Wildcats, and I assume they're pretty clustered through the order. They're probably all right next to each other, so it's going to be a, a tough ask. For the Wildcats, going to the pitching for Air Force, who are they? Who are they going to send at Northwestern? And you know what can we expect? How how are they going to attack? You know what looks like a pretty weak pitching staff. I mean, you only got three guys listed on the starter lineup here, and they don't have an ERA under six in that three-person group. So every hitter or uh, hitters are averaging over three hundred against all three of these guys. So I feel like Northwestern's got a good chance to put up some runs this weekend. Yeah, and, you know, the one name that really stands out is Ryan Holloway. He actually has pitched 23 innings, only has a 3-1-3 ERA. That's pretty impressive, especially if he's been pitching uh, at home for them out west. But those three starters, um, you know, these are the only guys that have really started games. Plus, oh, there's another guy. Evan Floyd has also started five. That's even worse. He has an 11 ERA. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. So, you know, it looks like the starters are going to be Matt Hargreaves. He started six games, has a 6-4-7 ERA. Uh, Nick Biancalana started six games, 7.76 ERA. And uh, Evan Floyd started five games and has a 11.14 ERA. <clears throat> What is that telling you, Matt? Well, Where do the Wildcats need to get their runs? I, I would say they should try to get their runs early and avoid the bullpen, but I'm not even sure if that's that's accurate. Their team ERA is 7.68. That is 284th in the entire country. This is a team that just, just can't get guys out. Now, how much of that is their home environment versus the actual pitcher's talent? I think it's almost impossible to say, but I think there's a clear case here that these pitchers have struggled this year. They're going to be coming into the series with pretty much no confidence probably in their stuff when they've had the struggles they've had this year. So Northwestern batters are going to have to try to take advantage of every opportunity they have get, not leave guys on base. That's been a problem for them in some of these last few games going on. I think if they can do that, they can drive home the runs like they did this last weekend against Indiana, not leave runners on base. They should be able to score plenty and keep them right in these games. Sound, sounds good. Um, pretty quickly, we're coming to our end of our allotted time. Uh, what are your guys' predictions for this weekend? Three games against Air Force. How do you see it playing out for the Wildcats? We're going to win two of them. I got Saturday and Sunday in as dubs. I think. I think. Uh, I just don't think these guys can keep us off the score sheet. And it sounds weird after we had like seven hits against Chicago State, but I think it's going to be a two out of three for the Wildcats this week. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to say two out of three as well. I'm not 
sure if they will be on Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to leave it a little more general. Give me the, the option for a Friday win should that happen. Uh, but I'm feeling I'm feeling a two out of three this weekend against Air Force. This is a team that gives up just too many runs to stay close in all of these games. And Northwestern had too many close losses last week. They're, they're due for one to go the other way and pick up a couple exactly. wins this weekend. Um, thanks a lot, um, both of you. Um, the WNUR will have all three games this weekend. I'm not 100% sure on the the broadcast pairs. There are. I know for a fact that I, I'm going to be calling the Sunday game. That will be on air in the Evans and Chicago area. The other two games will be on our Mixler page, which you can find at WNURsports.com. You're going to get to call that dub on Sunday. As, as some have said. We'll so, <clears throat> thanks a lot, Matt. You'll be there. Tune in to WNUR. Uh, Joe Wilkinson, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, much appreciated. You can find his good work over at the Daily Northwestern. He also is on Twitter. Um, thanks for listening <clears throat> to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast, Episode 3. We're the only Northwestern baseball podcast. Hi, Coach. So, doing our second interview right now. Um, all year long. Let's start and with this Indiana series from the past weekend, Big Ten opener. What was your overall impression from a series? A tough one, but some good offensive performances from your team. Yeah, I, I think, you know, each series, each, you know, baseball is, is different in, in, in this. And I guess maybe football has, has weather <laughs> issues. But I, I think when, when you saw... Uh, the wind blowing out, um, that, that just really changes our game. And, and, and I think from a pitching standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a high-scoring game as soon as we walked to the park. And uh, we, so, so there, there was, there was some, some positives to, to take away. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we, we got three losses. <laughs> and, and so I, I think in this, myself, and I speak for the team, I think they're, they're, they're tired of moral victories. They, they want to come out with some, with some W's. So um, I, I think it did spark our, our guys a little bit uh, offensively. I think they understand that, hey, um, you know, especially that comeback, you know, five runs, almost, you know, almost pulling it back uh, and, and, and getting that comeback. Um, would have been would have been huge, um, but I think that did give us a little bit of of confidence uh, moving forward. Yeah, and talking about the confidence, you you shook things up in the lineup a little bit. Can you talk about a little what was behind that and how it helped the team? You know, just changing around stuff. Yeah, you know, we're, we're really just trying to look at the uh, the matchups and and, and when, when we don't have uh, lockdown. Whether it's leadoff hitter, whether it's uh, middle of the order, you know, guys that have just locked those positions down, um, we're, we're looking at matchups, and 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 I think uh, that was the the thing of trying to get a little bit more left-handed versus uh, the Stever kid, and that's just based off numbers. Uh, we we look at the numbers, and 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 uh, so and it and it and it had some um, you know positive effect. Obviously, they then brought in the lefty, and, and and he was pretty effective not only against our lefties. But but our righties as well, and um, so yeah, I think that that's really what was behind the, the the shakeup. I think we're starting to solidify some some spots of where guys are going to hit and and you know kind of what they can do. But uh, ho- hopefully that had a little bit of an effect on on some of the the offensive numbers. And how do you approach facing a pitcher like that when it seemed like you were getting hits off of almost everyone else, and he came in the game, the lefty for Indiana, and 
it just for a few innings everything slowed down yeah yeah he he did a he did a really good job i i think the, the thing that he did is he really had some good sync to his fastball and and that's that's really what you need uh in, in these type of conditions and and we didn't do a great job of adjusting uh and making sure that we stay behind the ball and look to elevate that that get him up in the zone so we could elevate some balls um, and so that, that's a that's a great job by him. It's it's not an easy day to pitch in, uh, and and he did a great job keeping a, keeping us off balance, showing in, uh, and then having the ability to go back away with with his good sink. It just got a got a lot of ground balls. Offensively, uh, Joe Hoshite had a really good Friday. Um, what led to that just really nice outburst and. How can you keep that going forward? Yeah, Joe. Joe has this that that in him, <laughs> and and he, uh, he he won a game at, at Nebraska last year, basically single handedly. Um, you know, he he tried to <laughs> this this weekend, and uh, so he he's he has that in him, and and I, I think if you would ask him, he he'd want to be more consistent. But for the most part, uh, we we know what type of player Joe is, and he can. Uh, and it's something that that we we need a little bit more of. You saw Indiana had the ability to put up three runs just with one swing of the bat, um, and, and that's that can be effective. I, I think on 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 Sunday we we out hit Indiana, uh, but but they had ended up with more runs. So I, I think that's something not just home runs but extra base hits is hopefully we can continue to produce out of this lineup. And you're talking about facing a really talented Indiana team, and the weather was warm, and the wind was blowing out. You know, that might not happen again until May, but how do you take that experience? And it's it's weird to have that in Evanston, but how do you use that for the rest of Big Ten play? In, in the games, some games are going to be really offensively charged like that. Yeah, I, I think we we talk about that a lot of, of of being being able to adapt to what the the situations are and, and understanding if um, if the wind is blowing out that day, of, of we have to be really smart with every at bat is so important, um, and, and and it becomes very important. Walks become so important, and you know just all of those things. We just don't want to throw any at bats away, and I think that's what was frustrating on, on Friday. As, as we we had a good offensive outburst, but then they they put up a lot of zeros and and we 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 did throw some some at bats away um yeah and then then you flip to <laughs> yesterday and, and and the wind blowing in and then you have to be able to adjust to that and and you know the stolen base and the hit and run game and all of that you know becomes important so uh we we can't be one dimensional we 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 practice and work on that cuz we know there's going to be places that we go uh, the ball's going to be flying and and we're going to sit and hit and then there's going to be days where we have to you know incorporate the bunk game the run game just all of that 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 short game um so that's that's the, the the goal, and we work on that from really from day one. You're talking about yesterday's two zero win over Chicago State, and the story of the game was Cooper Weatherby's you know seven scoreless innings. He mentioned to me yesterday that with the weather and his and he was able to change his game and really trust his defense. What was that part of the game plan going in, and what allowed him to have you know the best start of his career? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for for Cooper is is we have not extended him a lot, and 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 uh, he, I, th- I think the weather definitely helps, and he it gives guys confidence to go attack the zone because if you make a mistake, you can still recover. Um, 
but but really, he, I, I think he just executed pitches. He was he was getting the low strike. I think that was a big thing uh, from the umpire. But then he continued to hit that spot, and and that's just that's a tough pitch to elevate. Uh, and so they they did hit some balls, but but he got a lot of ground balls. He had pretty good sync on his on his on his um, two seam fastball, and and uh, so so I think you know he he gives the credit to the weather, but I give him credit for going out and and after about the the second inning, he really locked in and was hitting that down and away pitch, and that's just a hard pitch to hit in in, in baseball, and um, so I, I give him a lot of credit for sure. Um, that's two really good performances from him now. UIC last week, Chicago State yesterday. Is the midweek starter, you know, a good role for Cooper? He's he seemed like he's really done a good job with it so far. Yeah, I I think that's going to be a, a good spot. The, the one thing with, with Cooper were that that he never takes anything for granted, and and he's going to make it like game seven of the World Series, you know, for, for Coop. And, and and that's what you need. You you need that sometimes on a Tuesday when it's not not cold and, and sometimes guys can think, ah, oh, this doesn't mean anything, but it, it does. And 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 so that that it, it, we always talk about it, it starts on the mound with our, our you know our attitude and, and j- just our, our energy. And he just brought it yesterday and, and again it wasn't pretty. There there's some things we still need to clean up. Um, but Cooper I would say single-handedly won us that game yesterday. And then you also talked about last week, you know, getting bullpen guys in set roles. What was it like to have Sam Lawrence and then Nick Colley, two freshmen, pitched eight in the ninth pretty well too? Yeah, it, it was great. And I think moving forward, that that's what we'd like to see. I, I think uh, coming out of the pen, Sam understands, you, you know, you have to – you don't have time to work into the game. You have to have two pitches ready to go. Um, and yeah, I think Sam elevated a fastball early, got it hit, but but then he locked it in and and did a great job. Um, I actually uh, getting getting a couple ground balls. I think one. I don't know if we turned the double play, um, but he he just he he did a really good job, make, you know, attacking. And then I know Nick, we didn't turn it, but Nick uh, got a double play as well, uh, ball that that we just we just didn't turn, but. Um, yeah, was really happy to see those guys coming in and attacking, throwing strikes with two pitches. And another freshman performance, um, Charlie Maxwell playing at second. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good game out there, you know, getting the start in the infield and had that really nice play where he stole third and then scored at home on, on the throwing error. You know, what was it like for him just to get, you know, a pretty some pretty good reps in? Yeah, again, you're, you're midweek, you're looking for energy, and, and he's a guy that we know is always going to bring energy, and, and he did a good job, had, had a um, – uh, I, I don't know if that was on his base hit or if it was the second. I can't, I can't remember, but uh, he got to second. I think it was on his base hit. So he got a base hit. He, he got to second on, on a ball that, that Jack Dunn hit really hard. He didn't get the hit out of it, but he put pressure on the defense. And then, yeah, we, again, when the wind's blowing blowing in, you were looking to make plays. And, and Charlie did his homework knowing that the pitcher was just looking once and then delivering. Um, got a pretty good jump and forced the catcher into an error, which – uh, again, at, at the end, a, a two-run lead in, in these conditions uh, versus a one-run lead is, is, a, is a huge, huge difference. So um, that was that was a big play for us. And now, looking forward to this weekend, uh, you guys have Air Force coming into town. Um, I know they're really talented offensively, but you know, what are you guys watching out for? What are the keys for you, for you guys in terms of 
matching up against them? Well, uh, first off, they they play really hard, and they're they they are. Uh, I mean, obviously, what those guys go through. I, you know, we, we talk about our guys having it tough academically, and and they've got it tough academically and physically, <laughs> and, and and so I I just I have a lot of respect for for those guys, and um, their their numbers are tough to to look at. You can look and just go, wow, um, uh, baseball in Colorado is a different animal, and and you know they've played a couple games. At New Mexico, same thing. Ball really flies. So, uh, um, both on the <coughs> offensive uh, side of things, as well as the pitching, you can look at their pitching and say, ah, they don't pitch it that well. They've got guys that, if they were pitching here a majority of their games, their numbers would ju- be just fine. So, um, really, it just comes down to us competing and, and, and making sure that we don't uh, we, we we need to execute a little bit better on the offensive side. The, the conditions are going to be the same. The ball's not going to be flying. So we, we have to get the hit and run game down. We have to read some balls in the dirt. Uh, and, and when we're doing that, we can get that lead and start to continue to expand that. Um, you know, I, I think we put ourselves in, in a good situation. So, um, but but yeah, the Air Force is going to play hard, and they always they, they've they've played you know Tulane and LSU, so they're not going to come in here scared at at, at all. And um, pitching wise, you know you're going to be facing some tough bats. What's the strategy pitching wise? Is it similar to what happened last week? And you know who 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 are you expecting to see out there, and what are they going to do? Yeah, I, I, we we've got so, uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say it mapped out, but but it's mapped out a little bit more of what we're going to try to do. Um, going to kind of piggyback a little bit, a couple guys, um, uh, and, and just see how, kind of how that that works out, uh, and and then trying to get to the. Uh, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, where where you know we've got guys like J.R. Reimer who's who's had some success, and um, Nick Colley going to kind of put him at the back end there, seventh, eighth inning, and um, yeah, j- just try to get to that back end with two guys versus you know we're, we we feel like we're throwing four to five guys per game, and that's that's a little too much. So we're, we'd like to get to that seventh, eighth inning using two guys versus. Um, three to four, and, and then trying to you know piece it together. Um, so so that that's the that's the plan. And again, our, our guys they just have to continue to work and have the ability to uh, throw two pitches for a strike. And and you get in a two one count, a three one count, you have to be able to throw a breaking ball or change your change up uh, in those counts when you have aggressive hitting teams. And and so that's going to be the, the the plan is just making sure that we can pitch. And 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 we've got that command of those those secondary pitches just so we can keep them off balance. And then hitting wise, maybe the the Air Force pitchers will be you know better when they're away from that Colorado air. But if if you know it, it's going to be a shootout, what's the plan offensively? How do you approach these types of games? Yeah, I, and it again, I mean it's it's hard because they 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 won. Uh, one nothing at Omaha, you know, so it, it's just hard to say if it is going to be an offensive. But I, I think the, the, the plan offensively really is just making sure that we uh, execute our plan and, and that we just don't have early outs when, you, you know, we see it's a 1-0 count and, and we ground out. Um, the, the, we have to limit those at bats. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but when we get the count in our favor, we have to make them pay more often, and that's the thing um, that sometimes it's hard, you know, because you may hit a square ball up and it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I think with the process, if we stick with that, if we continue to do that, we're going to be able to to uh, put ourselves in better positions. And then, you know, if we do that, it makes it 
we can get the pitcher maybe a little bit more tentative, and that's when we start drawing our walks and getting more of our free bases. So I, I think the plan is for us to, to, to be aggressive in our zones and, and, and take what they give us. And, and if we can do that and get on bases, we've had some guys that have created some things on the bases. Um, that's that's going to be the key for us. Are there any specific offensive performances you're looking for this weekend or just the team effort? Yeah, I, I think just really just, just one through nine, I, I, we would just like to see a little bit more uh, contribution. I, we, we've had some guys that have some parts of the, the lineup that have carried us, but I think just getting that, that one through nine, a little bit more of a balance, uh, the bottom of the lineup setting the table for the top and um, you know, vice versa. So I, I, I think those are the things of just really getting getting that balance. And, and uh, you know, Jack Dunn is, is coming around. He's starting to swing the bat better. And um, Jake Schieber and, and, and um, Ben Dickey had a nice bunt. And th- those are just some of the little things that you start to see and go, okay, you know, uh, Willie Bourbon had – had the home run and, and some some good swings there, so he he's he's got a chance to be a you know a good doubles guy for us. So I, I I think those are the things that we're starting to see. Now we we just can't take any steps back. We got to continue to take those steps forward. Thanks a lot, Coach. I'm excited for this weekend. We'll have all the games on the air, and I'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.